You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, I'm Gina Thomas-Kelly from SB Nation. And I'm Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation. And we're the hosts of Football Cheat Sheet, a podcast that comes out every Friday and provides you with the tools you need to win money and dominate your friends in fantasy this NFL season. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And if you have questions about fantasy football, DFS, or your betting options on any given week, drop those questions along with a five-star review, and we'll be glad to answer them on our next show. Really weird week. I know we we were talking uh, before hopping on to record the show just about the longest week in NFL history. So let's talk about the fantasy and betting impact of that because it's just been crazy considering got Wednesday football that we're fresh off now. Yeah, so it's been, you know, an unusual season. And this week was even more unusual than usual for 2020 when we saw the Ravens and Steelers matchup that, you know, was a much anticipated game. We saw that get rescheduled multiple times due to COVID. And I know that that had to have some fantasy impact for folks because I've been really relying on, especially Chase Claypool on a week to week basis um, in DFS. I know that, you know, a lot of people have Juju, a lot of people have Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of threw, threw everything off. And um, not to mention, I, I think that this was only the second time in NFL history that a game was played on a Wednesday. Yeah. And then, yeah. And also you have to like, just uh, between just being all like stretched out and not knowing which they did, uh, they did uh, ESPN extended the kind of waiver wire deadline, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that was a good thing. So people could like figure out, figure stuff out for week 13. But yeah, then, then those guys about how trying to figure out between those Ravens players with uh, Snead with Snead out and then RG three, uh, playing quarterback and not having uh, their two top two top running backs as well. So yeah, they didn't even travel with the team, and so yeah, it just really kind of threw off the entire week. And I think that um, you know a lot of fantasy owners be, uh, were probably thinking, and I'm basing this on my own thoughts. You know, could you even really count on that game to happen because they were still having positive tests? You know, I think the day before the game, and so. It's just been such an unusual season. Everybody's doing their best to to get through it here with fantasy. And um, yeah, I if I don't win some championships in season long, I'm just going to say that this season had an asterisk <laughs> because. <laughs> oh yeah, I would not blame you for it. But yeah, then also I did um I did play I played a, a showdown slate. I played a, a showdown contest on DraftKings yesterday or not? Oh, yeah. Well, on on Wednesday for the mm-hmm. for the game. And it was just like one of the craziest things. It's just the craziest things ever. It was like, I, if they had an over under on turnovers somewhere in there, I, I really wish I would have gotten in on that. Just between just, just like the, the interceptions, just fumbles and just like muffed punts, just everything yes. crazy. Cause I started off, I was like, all right, um, the safe, the safe bet is like, I'm just thinking like coming off that uh, Broncos game um, where I had the, it was, like, it was a must play for me to put the Saints defense in there with the Kendall Hinton, that quarterback. Definitely. Thing. So I was like, oh yeah, I mean, uh, immediately I was like, 
yeah, Steelers defense for sure in, in the captain slot. And then, of course, they have the pick six. And then I was really I was really hanging in there the whole time. There's just so much unpredictability around that game. And, of course, Trace McSorley comes in and throws a <laughs> touchdown pass. And he, like, completely br- – he completely broke everything and, and took me out of the money. Cause I, I know all Mark Marquise Brown owners like everywhere were just like, wow, because yeah. he's just been so underwhelming this season. And then of all people, Trace McSorley throws him like the big time touchdown that just uh, has a massive swing as far as like DFS. It's just like, that was the most tilting thing to me. I was like, oh, wow. You know, the other game that really, and I tell you this, I think that with the Wednesday game, this has felt like the longest week of any NFL season ever, but um, because it feels like this was years ago. But yeah, the Falcons really looked good. And uh, if you have the Falcons defense, you had a really good day last Sunday when they played (laughs) the Raiders. I did not expect that kind of beatdown. I did not expect the Falcons defense. They've improved a great deal since Dan Quinn was fired and Raheem Morris took over as the interim head coach. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of they're kind of an interesting case now because um, yes, they they had a dominant win against the Raiders, but um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about playing any Falcons offensive players going into a game against the Saints, and um, you know the offense really wasn't responsible for that win. So I'd say if you have if you have the opportunity to you know if you have Young Waiku on your roster, you should be starting him every week. The Falcons kicker. Uh, if you have the Falcons defense, I would be starting them every week, but yeah, yeah, that was just such a weird game because to win, what was it like 43 to six? Um, everyone was like, Oh, dirt cutter is good now. And I'm like, no, the offense is still, (laughs) you know, very unimaginative and exactly what they've been every week. But, um, yeah, the defense was really good. Yeah. And then also, um, just coming off that, it's just crazy when you look at, uh, coming into that game, I was higher on just, I guess, Derek, Derek, the Raiders had scored like 30 plus points in three straight games coming into mm-hmm. that. And I guess he's just like Kansas City Chiefs kryptonite because he always like, they always just put up uh big, big number, at least the, the two games this year, it just seems he, he seems to show up for those games. But yeah, that was, that was definitely an anomaly. But yeah, second, just second you on the young Hoku, number one kicker in fantasy, if you don't know. So yes. And the, um, the NFC special teams player of the month for November found out this morning. So congratulations to him for that. And congratulations to me for drafting him in season long. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, moving on to, uh, one thing I really wanted to touch on, uh, that's just, it's just crazy to think that right now, um, we're looking at the Washington football team and New York Giants on top in the NFC East after the Eagles fell um, to those to the Seahawks in week 12. And just like now it's like still still everyone is still everyone is in the picture. Just it's crazy to think, well, the, the Giants, you have to think um, just you have to monitor that Daniel Jones situation. But if not that, but I I kind of feel like my favorite to win the NFC East now is the as Washington football team. And I kind of just wanted to because when I was watching that uh, Thanksgiving game, I was like, what is going? Because we, we talked like in the past couple in the past couple weeks, kind of just like of that Alex Smith and like the running backs kind of thing. And I was a little higher on uh, J.D. McKissick, but they've kind of figured that situation out where they're like, oh, we're realizing Antonio Brown is like he's a he's a feature like number one needs to be like the star kind of back and they've they figured that out and he's rb5 now in standard and ppr league so the nfc east is so it's just bonkers this season um i can't remember which odds maker it was from but i got an email this week and it was like somebody has to win the nfc east <laughs> and 
that's basically where we are with it. Like somebody has to win it. They might win it with, I don't know, like six wins or something. But um, yeah, it's just, again, that's another really good example, you know, of this being a very 2020 season. Somebody's going to have to win that division. The Browns are actually maybe good. Um, you know, this is just such a bizarre season in so many ways. Oh, yeah. But um, I'd be interested to see how much people fall off of uh, Washington because Gibson is a super popular guy, DFS and season season long wise. Now everyone's come around on him, but uh, they're going coming up against uh, Steelers team, which, you know, they've been great defense, uh, their defensive line. And yeah, and then just seeing if Terry McLaurin can uh, continue to produce at a high level, despite maybe Alex Smith's not numbers not being the best. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the team to look out for because I think their I think their owner their uh, roster ship could uh, plummet a little bit, and even even still, they could provide a lot of value given that uh, Gibson's snap count is on the rise, and they're not trying to like uh, split things like three ways or like sixty like sixty forty kind of deal. Right. And I think McKissick is being phased out um, a little bit, so you know some people might run away with that, run away from Gibson's matchup in that one. But I think that um, it's definitely. I think he could still be worth playing just given uh, what he's been able to do, just pass catching, just like the consistency of uh, getting the, get the ball and realizing his potential. In DFS, I've been stacking um, McLaurin and Gibson quite a bit. I've done that several weeks this season, and every single time I've done it, it's paid off. I've done it, you know, obviously, like based on matchups week to week. And I don't know that I'd feel comfortable with them against Pittsburgh, um, but it's still worth and because they've actually been really affordable every single time. Um, and so, yeah, I think that they've been, they've been a great stack for me in DFS and um, I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan anyway, because of his time at Ohio state. So that makes him a really easy choice for me. And then uh, just to talk about some more big time guys, it's like very interesting, very interesting race as far as who the um, top performer in uh, fantasy as a whole is going to, is going to be, because it's been crazy between like Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson is uh, now sitting in third and we're, we're looking at him. We are looking at him looking to like uh break Peyton Manning's pass, passing touchdown record, which I was, he slowed, he slowed down considerably in that. And then um, Kyler Murray was on pace to score more fantasy points than anyone ever. And he's kind of slowed down uh, since his shoulder injury. And now um, front runner uh, MVP front runner, Patrick Mahomes is like just barely behind, just barely behind, uh, Kyler Murray by like less than a point as far as like all things considered just from a season long uh, point standing. So um, definitely monitoring that and seeing like uh, who can jump because they're going to be just the matchups between them, uh, between the three quarterbacks is just uh, something to watch as far as Kyler Murray coming against that Rams defense, Mm -hmm. which he's all, which he, which he's already uh, hasn't quite looked like a hundred percent with they're trying to figure his shoulder out, but Rams giving up the third fewest passing yards uh, per game in the NFL. He's got Jalen Ramsey. He's got, he's already going to be scrambling around from Aaron Donald and those guys. So I wonder how much uh, of a leg factor is going to be. And maybe guys like uh, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are a little bit uh, more factors in that game, um, just because just because they've been so much more susceptible to the run uh, than the past this season. Because the that defensive line, and then when you're when you're throwing up and trying to get to your top guy uh, against Jalen Ramsey, has not been ideal for teams. And then Russell. Russell Wilson has uh, fallen off that multi-touchdown pace as far as like like every week he's throwing for like three and four touchdowns. And now uh, we saw that like what looked like a super defensive battle for most of that game um, that they played against the Eagles 
So you have to see if he can bounce back against the New York Giants, who have been good against the run. But then the DK Metcalf and um, James Bradbury matchup is going to be interesting. And then the Chiefs right now are just looking unstoppable. Let's talk about like Tyreek Hill, 200 yards for like first half numbers. So Kansas, Kansas City like looks crazy right now. And Patrick Mahomes uh, has a considerable lead and now they're facing the, Bron- facing the Broncos who earlier this year, they blew him out by close to 30. So it looks like he has uh, the best chance at that one. Even that, that game was on the road and now they're going to be at Arrowhead. So yeah. between all those guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I guess that I haven't looked yet to see if the Broncos get to play with an actual quarterback this week. Um, let's see. Yeah. It looks like Drew Locke is going to be back, which is good news for, um, for the Broncos because, and you know, last week he did his best, but you know, being a practice squad receiver, not having any practice reps with, um, any, like not, not just the first team, like he didn't have practice reps at quarterback at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that he came in and did his best, but I'm sure that, you know, Drew Locke does give them a slightly better chance to not get completely embarrassed against the chiefs, <laughs> not necessarily to win, but just to not get embarrassed. Yeah. I think, I think, I definitely think they can, they can bounce back, but uh, just the chiefs are in the best situation. Just like every week, Mahomes is hitting Tyree kill whenever he wants and, and Travis Kelsey. They completely abandoned like the running game. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been uh, great, and Le'Veon Bell has been used sparingly as mm-hmm. of late. So it's just like, wow, we can we can basically do anything we want at this point. So um, I think I think Mahomes definitely uh, takes that step forward, and I think uh, takes the throne as far as uh, top fantasy performer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at uh, Tyreek Hill's stat line, I didn't watch that game, but um, I saw that stat line, you know, flash across the the ticker at the bottom of the screen. And I was like, is that a typo? <laughs> <laughs> because 269 receiving yards on 13 catches, uh, tied his own career high with three receiving touchdowns. Um, and if he can score a receiving touchdown again this week against the Broncos, that's going to be a s- six weeks in a row with a yeah. touchdown catch. And it could be the fourth week in a row for him with nine plus catches and over a hundred receiving yards. So, you know, with that speed, um, yeah, I think that he's got a good chance to make both of those things happen there. I would not be surprised for sure, but yeah, moving over into just to touch on the two, the some of the two players I talked about, I think some of the interesting things to watch will be um, for over under Antonio Gibson. Um, he's been really on a hot streak lately, but over under uh, one and a half touchdowns against the Steelers. What do we think? I'm going to take the under. Maybe just one, or do you? Yeah, I think just one. I think one. I mean, yeah, one and a half makes it makes it tough to call um, because, yeah, I think that he can score two touchdowns is a tall order in general. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say that he just scores one touchdown. Yeah, which he has scored in five straight games and two of the last three. He has got two touchdowns, but definitely a tall task. But mm-hmm. I think I think I want to I think I want to take the over just after like after after seeing him in that last game. And you know teams can get the better of the steel, the better of the Steelers uh, from time to time. So yeah, I think I think I'm just gonna take the momentum on that one. It's a little bit of reach. I think bare, I think bare minimum is one, but I I think he can get two because uh, just because of how they're realizing his potential and kind of he just got like all the momentum in the world. So I think mm-hmm. I, I I think I'd want to bank on him there. I I could see it going either way. 
And then uh, Kyler Murray against um, that Rams defense, 250 passing yards, to put things in perspective, averaging just over 255 on the year. But the Rams are giving up 203 per game, which only uh, only the Steelers and Washington football team have given up less, which mm-hmm. Washington is a little skewed by that, like, 70-yard passing game that Andy Dalton had earlier in the season. So Yeah, let me see. So Kyler Murray has 270-plus passing yards and over two touchdown passes in three of his last four games at home. Um, what did, what was the number? Did you say 270? Oh, 250, 250 over 250. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. Cause yeah, he, he did have, he hasn't looked like MVP candidate, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, but you know, he did, he did, uh, he did get over, he did 269 those two scores, uh, in the loss of the Seahawks. But I think I'm going to lean toward the under on this one, just because it's coming off, coming off that Patriots, coming off that Patriots game, which is, uh, one of his one of his worst performances of the year, and then I, I think, yeah, even even though that one was on the road, I think uh, coming back against that Rams, the, every time every time I watch the Rams, I, I it really want to take the I really want to take the under on just like just about unless you have like yeah, it's gonna be hard because I if, if he's not getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins consistently, I can't see him. Well, yeah, I can't see him getting there unless uh, Christian Kirk has a monster game, which you know. Which definitely yeah. is definitely is possible because every a lot of the time people lock in on Hopkins and then uh, Kirk is the guy uh, that carries. But I, I think I want to lean toward the toward the under because just just from the Rams pressure, I don't think he's gonna. I don't I don't think he'll have have a ton of time. Yeah, and, no. He, but it could yeah it could, it could be very it could be very close. But yeah, he's he's a guy who can who can surprise you and but I I don't think he's really dominated against a very good defense. Like a like a quality defense yet this year, so yeah. I mean, I I love his ability to extend plays, and I think that that gives him a shot to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I could see that one going either way. I'm taking the over, just you know, based on his recent performance. But like you said, the Rams defense, the Rams defense, and especially that defensive front is going to keep him under pressure, and so. Um, yeah, I I could see that one going either way. I'm still taking the over, but you know. One of us will be right, and <laughs> I won't be surprised either way. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Usually we would kind of go into some hits and misses, but since we're in we're in playoff time, uh, just at DraftKings Nation, we have we kind of do like running week to week of like picking out some guys, uh, waiver wire targets. So let's talk through. We're not going to do like defense special teams or kickers, but just uh, through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, just some people that we've had our we our eye on over there, and kind of you know, and maybe if you have uh, some you want to uh, chip in with as well. But, you know, we probably have different opinions on um, on who could be uh, worth picking up and who are going to be rostered at uh, lower percentages as we come into week 13. So at the quarterback position, uh, some people some people to keep an eye on Taysom Hill, uh, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Derek Carr just to. Well, we we both were way seemed like we were way off on Taysom Hill, which is not like he's I don't think he's going to go the. Oh, I don't know if he'll go the distance for the rest of the season. I have to check up on uh, the Drew Brees progress, but he's proved to be like you know he seems like he can be a consistent fantasy guy. They're not they're going to cater to his skill set and his roster ship is on the rise. Um, the last time uh, we looked, uh, last time we looked at it, it was around sixty percent. So I wouldn't be at least on uh, ESPN. So I wouldn't be surprised if that rot if that like rose um, since then. But still, you know, most people are still going to want traditional quarterbacks over. It's still like a little bit of a wild card, but I think uh, Taysom, Taysom Hill can still have some big games while he's filling in for Drew Brees for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, I know when Taysom Hill was announced as the starter against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people were asking me, do you really think that he's going to be like the full-time quarterback? And I said, no, like I thought that it was gamesmanship from Sean Payton. I expected him to throw him out there, you know, use him as like a gadget player, like he has been used uh, over his time in New Orleans. And instead, I was wrong. And he has, I think that he is a really serviceable um, option off the waiver wire. Another guy that I would consider is um, got a, a couple of uh, options in Atlanta, but Todd Gurley is, he's actually having a pretty decent season despite being used poorly by an, an uncreative offensive coordinator um you know you can only have so much success when your primary job is running up the middle on second and long every single series yeah but um ito smith is a guy that i really like he's a versatile back he is able to you know catch balls out of the backfield and also you know a pretty decent running back he's a smaller guy um but you know he's able to to get some yards so that's a guy that i would keep an eye on just the deeper that we get in the season, the more that I worry about Todd Gurley's knee. 
And so if you need a running back, he's a guy that you may just want to stash just in case. Yeah. And then at the at the quarterback list I mentioned, I think my sleeper guy who I really did not like early in the season and is starting to put some things together, uh, Philip Rivers 30, was 33% rostered um, on, on ESPN. And I think, yeah, they're, they're figuring things out, even like they're, with their weird uh, running back situation. But uh, their, game, their game's coming up. They have some ideal matchups. They're, they're playing Houston twice in the next four weeks. So I like that. And then they're also going to play Las Vegas in that, which their fourth game, after those three games, they will play uh, Pittsburgh. But at least for, for a brief stretch, I think um, Phillip Rivers, if you're really having uh, trouble at quarterback and you're in one of those deeper leagues, I think he's starting to figure out. It's hard to figure. It's hard to figure out his uh, what the wide receiver distribu- distribution is going to be like as far as like yards and catches. But I think like him and just uh, PPR upside from uh, running backs and things like that uh, would make mm-hmm. it worth it. For the running back position, some uh, just some targets to look keep an eye out on. Uh, keep to keep things on the Saints. A lot of a lot of Saints guys coming up. We got to talk about Latavius Murray. Um, Frank Gore, Cam Akers, Benny Snell, uh, Royce Freeman, Murray being the most notable guy because essentially, you know, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, a lot of people thought could be the top fantasy, you know, top three, top four, uh, fantasy performer on the year. He is still, he is still like in that five, in that like four ish five area, but Latavius Murray is splitting snaps with him down the middle and it's coming off that two touchdown game. And it seems like Taysom Hill's presence has like just completely made Alvin Kamara, you know, well, I'm not going to say it's made him obsolete, but it's like, they don't, they don't use him the same way. And they like Murray a lot more with Taysom Hill. And then another kind of a storyline that um, leads to maybe another waiver wire, a couple of waiver wire options. Um, Will Fuller is suspended for the rest of the season. So that is going to give Kiki Kuti is going to have an opportunity to get more looks and then I would keep an eye on Isaiah Coulter, too. That's another guy down that depth chart. So if you're really desperate for a receiver, not sure what we can expect from him, but he will almost certainly be available. And um, Will Fuller being out for the rest of the year does just create more opportunities for those guys. So just, you know, might want to think a little bit differently about those Texans receivers. Yeah. And at, at wide receiver who I've held on, I've held on for, to him for the entire season, even though. He makes me mad so much. Well, <laughs> not not necessarily that he's like not really performing, but D, like Debo Samuel's been in and out mm-hmm. uh, this whole year, which he was just a little bit over fifty percent rostership, and then he came back. He came back. Um, he came back from injury and had his easily his biggest game of the year, and he's got uh, Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, and Arizona in his next four games. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure he's taking a little bit of a of a bump up, but. Um, when you look at when you look at that team where, you know, they're still trying to figure out with uh, Brandon Ayuk and then maybe trying to get uh, Garoppolo and Kittle back for the end of season now. So, yeah, which that's impressive. But, yeah, he's like the obvious guy. And then for me at wide receiver, um, T.Y. Hilton is uh, really is like a big sleeper because just when I think T.Y. Hilton is like completely washed and I was like, he's going to be out of the league soon. It's like what like what's going on with this guy? But he goes for four receptions, 81 yards, which is a season high. Uh, catches a touchdown. He played 50 snaps for 50 plus snaps for the first time since week six. So I'm like, maybe coming in against Houston, they'll start utilizing him a little bit more. He's like 38% rostered coming into like week week 13 earlier in the week. But I'm just like, yeah, 
I, I I think he can I think he can have a bounce get bounce back game and him him with um playing Houston twice yeah. and also uh Las Vegas in these uh next four weeks. I think he's off a lot of people's radar. And it's like I was like maybe maybe just one game can like help him get back on track because they could, they started phasing him out and like Michael Pittman and other guys and like Marcus Johnson are playing more like playing the same if not more snaps than him. I'm just like mm-hmm. Ty man, you're a former Pro Bowler, so. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the best receivers in the league for a number of years. So it is just kind of surprising. And you have to think that at some point it will start to click between between him and Rivers. Yeah, and then uh, I did have some more that I wanted to talk on, but uh, that were tight ends. But if you had any tight ends just off the top of your head before I run through some of these guys, feel free. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what tight ends wouldn't be rostered. I actually had a lot of uh, tight end stuff that I did want to talk about this week, just because I think there are a few tight ends that are poised to have a great game. Um, one one guy, and I don't know what his um, what percentage of uh, players have him rostered, but Austin Hooper, you know, former Falcons um, tight end, he was a guy that I was very excited about going into this season his first season with the Browns I thought that he was gonna you know just light it up and then he definitely did not to start the season but it seems like he's coming along um let's see over the past couple of weeks he he is he looks like he's finally hitting his stride last week was his second touchdown of the year um and so he's had a touchdown in two of the last three games so Austin Hooper is a guy that I think is probably available in a lot of leagues um and so that's somebody that I would definitely consider because it does seem like he's at the point now where he has developed that chemistry and that timing with Baker Mayfield and you know Mayfield's got so many targets to choose from I think that that's been part of the issue with Hooper being a little bit slow to get up to speed Um, but it seems like there's a comfort level there now and I think that you know that that scoring um tendency these past couple of weeks bodes well for the end of the season so Hooper is definitely a guy that I would uh, take a look at if you need a tight end and he's available in your league especially at tight end a lot of the times uh, people bank on those touchdowns because typically typically they're not typically they're not the the top guy like target wise he has 28 28 catches on the year and two scores so from or at least our two uh, receiving scores so not like the you know, not the most ideal thing as far, yeah, not the most ideal thing as far as like fantasy upside. So I'm sure a lot, a lot of those guys who maybe have like similar receptions but more touchdowns are ro- uh, rostered at a much higher percentage. But um, some guys who are on, who are pretty readily available, Trey Burton, uh, Jordan Reed, Logan Thomas, and Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph being uh, my least favorite option of those. Robert Tony, Robert Tonyans, uh, he he just comes like when like when he's when he start when he starts scoring, it's just he just he just does it. It's like a Tyler Lock, like he either doesn't score or he scores in like three, two two or three touchdowns to like two three weeks in a row, and then he's because he he scored his uh, second touchdown, uh, he, second touchdown in the last two weeks after going five weeks scoreless. And even though the um, the Packers receiving core is getting healthy, they're kind of getting Alan Lazard back. Um, incorporated, which he played less than half the snaps his first uh, week uh, when he was coming back from the IR his first week. I expect his um, snap count to go up a little bit more. And then another person who I really, I've been like fighting this for forever, but Trey Burton also with the Colts. I'm just like really big on Colts guys for uh, whatever reason for this show. Uh, 19% uh, roster ship. 
which even though, because I was like early on in the season, I was like, oh, Mo, I was like, Mo Ali Cox is a stud at tight end. Um, when uh, Jack Doyle uh, went went down, and then Mo Ali Cox was like catching touch, like catching touchdowns in like two, like two, three, and like a four or five game uh, stretch or something like that. And then now Burton has played in like eight games, but he's played in like less than half the snaps for four of the eight games. But he has five, he has five touchdowns. He's caught three, he's caught three and he's run for two. And they like they keep getting creative, like when they get around the goal line. And just like there's just no telling what they're gonna do with these guys, and especially with the unpredictability of the passing game in Indianapolis. Um, I think taking a taking a shot on uh, a guy like him, which you know, they're comfortable with giving him carries and uh, around the goal line. I think he's just as good as an option as like Mo Ali Cox, not maybe, maybe the upside, not as high as a guy, uh, like Hooper, just considering like they, he splits a good amount of snaps between him and the other two guys, but just, you can't, you can't ignore the five, the five touchdowns and the, the fact that, you know, they're trusting them in uh scoring situations. Um, another guy, and I'm trying to look here and see what, percentage of players have him rostered but Richard Rogers has actually been um doing well here recently uh if he can score this week against the Packers it is going to be his third week in a row with a receiving touchdown so um yeah that's another I mean they have so many tight yeah. ends on their roster I wasn't even I was looking at the uh the capsules that the NFL sends out every week and I'm just like why do the Eagles have a gigantic <laughs> About yeah, and even then, <laughs> and he's and he's doing that with Dallas Goddard leading him in receiving yards for two weeks straight. So yeah. it just yeah. puts things uh, into yeah, definitely puts things into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's a that's another tight end that I would maybe keep an eye on. Now that we're through the waiver wire stuff, we can kind of go back and get. I know you you took uh, you took the week off of DFS, but did you want to talk about hits misses and uh, just season long though? Yeah, um, actually, no, my my hits last week were um, the Thanksgiving dinner that I made and the misses were us putting our food like on top of kind of a flimsy table that the dogs knocked over. And oh. so I lost I only lost the leftover dressing. It was, oh, that's it was not fine. Bad. So, yes, I did not have any hits or misses myself last week. I was very busy with Thanksgiving. Yeah, I do not doubt it. But um, yeah, uh, I'm coming off. I did well with. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson together. I really liked that one for GPP play because everyone was going to be on uh, Jefferson with Adam Thielen out and not, he's one of the top guys in receiving yards uh, up against the Panthers. But Kirk Cousins was like less than 2% rostered. So uh, that worked out well. But that, that, game, was just, that game was just also tilting because um, just between just like the crazy like end of game antics and then him coming down to like throw the game winner to Chad Beebe after he uh, – I don't know if you I don't know if you saw any of that game, but it's like they have the opportunity to wrap, just like wrap the game up, and then it's like fourth quarter, fourth quarter, final minutes. Their their punt return, like muffs a punt, and then and then uh, Carolina scores, and before they come back and miss the game winning field goal. No, I did not see any of that one, and that sounds. Brutal. I think there were like three, there were like two or three fumbled punts on that one with like no con, like no contact on it. It 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 was just crazy, but getting those two guys together. Um, Nick Chubb, uh, staying on, keep staying on him, um, as far as like keeping strong since his return from the IR and the Saints oh, yeah. defense. Um, I hit on those, but I did, I did miss on, cause I, when I did the stack, I'd had Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook cause the Panthers run defense has been suspect. 
and Dalvin Cook uh, definitely did not show up for me. So um, I could have I could have definitely won out big time had I swapped him for like Derrick Henry, who went crazy. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a given like picking between those higher those like higher priced like super workhorse guys. You know, they're they're going to bust from time to time. It's just like, oh, like I could have a thousand dollars like less salary and I could have gotten like 30 more points. So I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so hard to, it's so hard to know um, how those are going to go. Nick Chubb, I did want to just circle back to him because what a game last week. Um, that was 176 yards total uh, between receiving and rushing. That's just nuts. Um, it was interesting that it seemed to be kind of feast or famine last week for players. Cause you had guys like Chubb and Tyreek Hill who just had bonkers games. And then, you know, then you have the guys on my, um, season long team <laughs> <laughs> who did not. So, yeah, there are two kinds of fantasy players, the ones that go off and the ones on our teams. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I did also miss on Demir bird, which I knew, I knew that was a long shot coming in, but I just needed like a filler and like a flex spot. And I was like, Oh, you, you know. I just I only had so much space and it's like, oh, he went off last week and I, he did not go off again. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, going into um, lock of the week and sleepers for my lock, I want to have uh, Miles Sanders, uh, 6,700 on DraftKings going up against the Green Bay Packers who um, have really struggled against the run as of late. As far as like team, I was like, as far as like the team and like total rushing yards, they're like middle of the pack but they're going on three straight weeks with surrendering like over 90 yards to the opposition's uh, running back one. So there's that. And then Miles Sanders, he only got uh, six carries against the Seahawks who have a, a really solid run defense, but uh, Green Bay has been pretty, Green Bay is pretty good at quarterbacks. I don't, I don't know if they're going to, considering how Carson Wentz played that last game, I don't think they're going to throw the ball 46 times again with like having that kind of limited success. So, uh, I think it's a big, big chance for Sanders to come back. Who um, he's had big games against the Steel, like Steelers and Ravens, when they're at full strength. So I think he can do the same against the Packers, given uh, what they forced up to running backs. And then sleeper, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep sticking with uh, T.Y. Hill, and I like him uh, against the Texans at uh, 4,300. Which just, you know, I, to me, I think he's still, I think he's still like wide receiver one. Uh, quality. It's just a matter of if it, if his snaps are at like if his snaps are at the same level, I think he has an an opportunity. And I, I don't think people can will bank on him having uh, two good games in a row, given how he's played so far this season. I'm going to pick on the Jets a little bit. Not that you know they really need that uh, with the season that they've had, but I'm going to pile on here. Um, so my lock of the week, I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Um, he's actually quietly having a really really good season. He's uh, second among all tight ends with 64 catches and 542 receiving yards. So, and he has five, um, five touchdowns on the season and the jets are just bad. I mean, they are just not a good football team. Um, and so, yeah, I think that what I'm interested to see there, I, I just like the matchup. And so I, I think that I'm going to go with Waller as my lock of the week. I have not looked at his price on um, DraftKings yet, but I have to think that he's not going to break the bank. And then um, my sleeper, you know, Nelson Aguilar has quietly really kind of gotten it together. I think he just needed a change of scenery. He's doing much better out in um, Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas. That's going to take years to get used to that. I'm still calling the San Diego Chargers occasionally. So 
bear with me. Um, but yeah, this if he's able to do it against the um, the Jets, it'll be his third game in a row with over five catches and over 50 receiving yards. So he's not a guy that I would count on as like my my like top receiving option, but he's not yeah. going to be expensive. And um, he's a guy that you could, you know, fill out your roster with, save some money. And I think against the Jets, you know, everybody has a chance to succeed. So I think that you've got a, a pretty, a pretty good outlook there. Yeah, him. you're not lying. And then um, I actually had some, some of Nelson Aguilar as well. So he, he put, he like, not, not anything like amazing, but solid baseline guy, him and Hunter Renfro have yeah. kind of both taken over as, like the top white because Waller's a top dog. Both of them are kind of like neck and neck as like wide receiver one, as opposed to Henry Ruggs and uh, Brian Edwards, who they like raved about coming into the season just uh, through camp and stuff like that. But yeah, both both those guys are kind of in a similar range and have been, you know, Hunter Renfro been like a little more consistent as far as like catch bases. But yeah, Aguilar yeah. has like that that big play potential where he just like. His, when his in his boom weeks, he really booms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just want to point out that even though the Raiders just absolutely got beat down by the Falcons last week, um, you know Renfro still had over seventy receiving yards, and uh, Agu- Aguilar still put up over fifty. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that either one of those guys against the Jets, the the deeper we go into the season, I think the more dejected the Jets are going to be. And um, so, I think that it probably increases opponents' chances of being able to get things done against them. I don't think I'm going to do a, a money line uh, thing today, but one thing I think could be interesting is uh, the Detroit line, the Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, uh, Bears favored by three points and minus 177 on uh, the money line, Lions plus 155. Um, kind of a trend that I've like that I've been uh, checking out so far this season, uh, and even like over the past couple seasons. It seems like teams, like right after they fire their coach, have a better chance at covering the spread. Mm-hmm. And especially with, especially with um, Mitchell Trubisky is set to like uh, to lock in and be under center again after that blow off lo- a blowout loss they uh, suffered against the Packers. I think the Lions. I'm let. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, I might as well take them as a money line too. Plus, uh, plus one fifty five, even at Soldier Field. I think that's worth uh, taking an eye at taking a look at but then um yeah and as three as three point underdogs I kind of like it seems like it always like lights a fire under them and uh DeAndre DeAndre Swift looking like he's gonna make a comeback um after missing that time or at least he's off out of concussion protocol and then monitoring uh Kenny Galladay as well but um Mm -hmm. yeah when when they come off and having having those uh coaches fired a lot of a lot of people really did not like Matt Patricia just like across the league I don't know if you saw the kind of stuff on Twitter of just people I, like people like Darius Slay and yeah. uh, was it um another uh, I can't uh Ishawn Robinson from yes. the Rams I think said something but just like yeah yep. people sure really did. must not like that guy so maybe maybe their spirits are lifted this week and they like somehow crush the Bears but I think it could be something to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then another thing that we've seen with the Lions is that they've actually been able to get the run game going a little bit more effectively. Um, I mean, Adrian Peterson only rushed for 55 yards. He's an older running back. You know, I don't I don't expect him to have, you know, 200 rushing yards in the game, but he did rush for two touchdowns. And so that's another, you know, if they can if they can punch it in the end zone and they can really definitely count on Trubisky to make some mistakes. Yeah, I think that I, I like the Lions in that one, too. Do you have any? 
I'm trying to think. Uh, coming up with the someone put in the doghouse, I was like thinking, I was like, hmm. I will say that Aaron Jones is uh, in the doghouse for me coming mm-hmm. up against uh, the Seahawks. Or, well, not the Seahawks, but I'm, I was thinking because the uh, Eagles played played them recently. But the Eagles have a really good run defense. And for whatever reason, like he has he has eight touchdowns on the year, but he's been – I think he scored one. He scored one over the past four weeks. And him and Jamal Williams are essentially uh, – Splitting the splitting the snaps uh, down the middle and uh, past at least I, th- I think maybe two of the maybe two of the last uh, couple weeks two of the last like three weeks Jamal Williams is uh, outperformed. They both had 17 carries uh, in their last game um, against the Bears. So where they have a super high they have that super high scoring offense uh, coming in and they're you know they're both multi, both multi purpose like backs who can catch out of the backfield. So. It's like they're, it seems like they're edging away from Jones being their like feature superstar guy, which at the beginning of the season, everyone was like, oh, pay, like pay this man. He is, he's one of the best all purpose backs around. And then now uh, Jamal Williams is doing like just, just the same amount of work as him at this point. So mm-hmm. um, I think seeing if he can establish himself as the real go to guy out of the backfield again. So I'm going to throw him in there, even though he, it's not like he's been terrible, but it's just like he's one of the, he was one of the guys who was like, a star and has kind of fallen off. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's perfectly fair. And like I said, I will definitely have somebody to put in the doghouse, um, an actual player to put in the doghouse next week. Now that I'm back on the uh, DFS train here. Thank you so much for tuning in everybody. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. It's J E A N N A Thomas. And um, I will go ahead sometime today, which is Friday, I will go ahead and set up our DFS contest for this week. It is a classic lineup with a $50,000 salary cap on DraftKings. Um, It's a 10-person contest, $10 buy-in, and the top three payout. So you've got a decent chance to win some money there. Um, Good luck against us as long as Amir and I remember to set our lineups. We're pretty good at this. So, you know, uh, come come play against us. I'm looking to repeat as the league champ after a one week layoff. And then I just kind of want to uh, throw, throw a quick plug in here. Well, first of all, I'll say you can find me on Twitter at it's underscore a miracle, a M E E R I C L E. Uh, just some things to consider. I think my favorite, um, probably like high, like highly rostered stack would be like some variation of like Mahomes, like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. And then I think my favorite lower owned, like lower owned one would be Philip Rivers. Naheem Hines has been uh great. And then just some very some some like a tight end or like a uh Colts ride receiver. So if you guys want to use any of that to kind of uh build your lineups around DFS, then feel free to. I'll I'll at least consider and have them on my radar. Just wanted to throw <laughs> that in there. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and drop your fantasy DFS and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review, and we'll answer them on the next episode. Thanks for joining us, folks, and we will catch you next time. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. 
And in this presidential election season, the current explores what a national political advertiser, like the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.